Hi everyone, uh, before we do start this podcast, our Chiefs Dolphins preview, I wanted to address an issue in our last ep- episode uh, involving the Bills and Steelers, where I went to introduce Fred Patton's thoughts on Bill Bearcheck leaving the Patriots, but I forgot to actually include that clip in the episode, so huge apologies, that's something I normally pride myself on, being really alert to my editing skills, so uh, this podcast will start with a quick reaction from Fred, and then we'll then go into the episode with me and Brad. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi Andy, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot to take in at this point, it's very, um, I felt the longer this week was going to go on, the more chance that Bill was going to be staying, um, obviously we're in a situation now where he's not, I, I don't know what that means for the rest of the coaching setup as well, I know there are all sorts of rumours going on this week, um, we'll find out more about the process, so I guess at 12 o'clock um, Eastern time or 5pm our time, in terms of where they, where they came to, understand that crafts and bill had a couple of meetings this week to try and ascertain a way forward but ultimately i think they probably sat down worked out who they could get you know whilst we've got this really competitive defense to see if they can make that offense competitive and you're taking a huge gamble if you take a rookie quarterback um in order to do that you're looking probably two two years three years minimum to be really seriously competitive by which point bill's 74 75 and it doesn't work so you know, it's sad the way it's ended, but he can go out knowing that everyone's still playing for him, that defence, and uh, working as hard as ever. Um, and, you know, we sort of just look look forward to the new era. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a strange, strange feeling and a strange time. Welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast for the third of our six NFL wildcard game preview episodes. And this time it involves my team as I am this week joined by a Chiefs fan as we preview the Dolphins against the Chiefs in Arrowhead, which is the second game of the weekend. Now, I'm as ever your host, Andy Davis. And this week I'm joined by a returning guest. It's our, one of our resident Chiefs fans on the pod. Back with me today is Brad Simcox. Brad, first of all, how are you? I'm very good, mate. I'm very, uh, very happy the season's over. Actually, believe it or not, after uh, seeing how the this Chiefs' offense has been going. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, everyone says this, but I still think the playoffs is an entirely different beast, and I think that it's almost like a different tournament altogether. So, I, I'm still think you guys shouldn't be. I don't think uh, underlooked so much because I think that the same thing happened two years ago, and you made the AFC Championship game, and you should have really won that game as well. So. I think anyone who doubts the Chiefs, like the Patriots in the years gone by, um, is a fool, really. So I think you guys, you know, I can still see, we'll get on to in the episode, but I, I still see Mahomes and Kelsey being much better in the playoffs. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, they're, they're, they're veterans now, basically, of this, aren't they? And they're, they're quite used to the playoff rounds. So uh, hopefully, 
it's uh, it, it's going to be in our hands, I think, with uh, the fact that we've got those two leading the charge, um, and we've got some bright prospects coming as well. Well, especially one of them in in particular, which is Rishi Rice, um, seems to be uh, doing the business for us this year, which um, has been a a welcome addition, really, because we've had a lot of drops and a lot of issues with a couple of our players in the wide receiving core recently as well. Yeah, shout out to Marcus Valdez Scanning. Um, <laughs> he knew exactly saying, who he was. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying this now. He's probably going to score a touchdown now. You watch. That's all I'm saying. But of course, um, <laughs> you know, we talk about the Germany game, the fact that we were robbed of a Tyreek Hill arrowhead game. Turns out we've now got it. Um, you know, I, I don't think anyone thought we were going to get this in the wildcard round. Certainly a month ago when we seemed to be on on our way, you know, we talked about it in the Bills episode. It's only a month ago when they ha- when the Bills had that awful schedule coming up of the Chiefs, Cowboys and Eagles. And we were seeming on our way to win the AFC. I was thinking, if we're going to play you, it's probably going to be in at least the divisional round, if not the championship game. Turns out we got it in the wildcard round after... Our um, end of season collapse, you could say, albeit against against some good teams. But um, here we are. So Tyree Kill returned to Arrowhead. Now, for you, in terms of that, um, I, I don't think he left really a little bit of a sour taste in people's mouths, but I don't think it was an awfully controversial move. Um, I, I might be wrong. I don't know. Chiefs fans might think differently. But what kind of reception do you think he's going to get in Arrowhead, especially after the stuff about saying two is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes on his podcast and stuff like that, and the fact he basically admitted on the podcast he left for money. Uh, what do you think it's going to be like an hour ahead for him? I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. I think it's he's going to be celebrated because he's one of those players that, that really kind of brought us a, a Super Bowl in like the first one in like 50 years. Um, and a lot of Chiefs fans still regard him as one of the best Chiefs players that we've ever had. Um, and we saw in Frankfurt actually um, before the game, I was looking up obviously to see the game and um, to see him doing a bit, almost like a lap of honour, um, you know, shaking hands with all the players and everything like that. But the fans really kind of give him a good welcome reception, which, um, you know, it might surprise some people about that. But I obviously think there's there's a lot of love for Tyreek Hill still. Yes, okay, he might have left under a bit of a grey cloud where he, you know, he went for the money and he went for the sunshine um, and he went for the glitz and the glamour of, of Miami. I mean, when you compare it to Kansas City, it's not glitz and glamour. You're going to see that this weekend when it's just absolutely covered in snow. It's freezing cold. Um, I get it. I understand why he did it. And I think a lot of Chiefs fans understand he wanted to get the bag. He wasn't getting the bag with the Chiefs um, for whatever reason. There was off the field issues that kind of played into his his contract, uh, so to speak. Whenever he was getting renewed, there was always some kind of issue off the field where, you know, I mean, we won't cover it that much that deeply because it's not something that we really should be going into. But the fact that he, I think he felt that he was worth more somewhere else. He wanted to be back in Miami as well because uh, that seems to be one of his homes over there. He really obviously loves Miami. Um, and I think it just fell for him. I think it just fell for him. He was tempted by the money, tempted by the, the, you know, the glitz and the glamour location. And the possibility of being the number one guy in Miami as well, where he was never going to get that in at the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. He was always like the third wheel, shall we say, uh, in Kansas City. So it was a bit of a it was a bit of a great cloud. But he had been making his mouth go a little bit during the preseason and everything, especially when he said he was going to throw up the deuces in our head and 
the Chiefs denied him that by playing the game in Frankfurt. Um, so now at least he gets that opportunity this time in the wildcard round. Yeah, it's going to be you know a fascinating matchup. I mean, the snow is going to be, I think, certainly for neutral, it's going to be a great watch. I think every NFL fan loves the snow game. Um, and I think it's going to be, I think this game could either be lights out or could be a low scoring defensive affair. And I think both teams have, have got that ability. And I think that, you know, you look at the fact that the Chiefs got shut out by the Dolphins um, in the second half and we got shut out in the first half in Germany. So I think there's, um, you know, there's definitely um, potential to be a great game. Um, now, I want to get your thoughts on this because I certainly have heard a lot of it, main talk really amongst Dolphins fans. Um, I certainly seem to not be able to um, be sort of be able to get them to think anything other than Tua is. I, I think there's definitely a you can't really criticize Tua on the Dolphins group chats on a lot of Dolphins chatter. It seems it's almost like you know people who. Um, sometimes like to over-defend Darwin Nunes. And I think that with two, I'm finding that the moment you try and slag him off or criticise him, some of the fans just completely go for you and say, what are you doing? He's a, the, the excuse after excuse. And I'm finding Percy more and more frustrating that you can never do in a big game. But I want to get your thoughts as an outsider, someone who isn't a Dolphins fan or even an AFC East fan. Uh, what's your thoughts on Tua? Because he's obviously passing yards leader, but he's no, not even in the top five touchdown passes either, which suggests to me that... He can get the ball down to the near the red zone, but he can't actually convert or we're relying on where he most it. But yeah, what, what's your take on Tua? Because I'm hearing a lot of, I'm not hearing a lot of, I'm hearing a lot of Dolphins chat about it. I'm not hearing much outside of that. So yeah, what's your take on Tua? I think before Tyree Kill arrived, I think uh, Tua was finding it a bit, finding it a bit hard in the NFL. I think, um, you know, there was a, there was a time I'm, I'm old enough to remember actually the fact that Tua was um, very much playing for his job at one point and they've got Tyreek Hill involved. And I think there's a, I think when you get a player like Tyreek Hill, there is a level of expectation, I think, which uh, comes with signing a huge player like that. And I think once you've given Tua that big tool right there that he can use, his output is going to be obviously a lot better than that has been. And, He's proved it. You know, he's, he's proven he can still throw the deep balls. He's still got the vision as well. But it's just every now and again he gets the missed. He gets like the you know the the, the mistakes in the way, and it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I mean, the, the, the team's changed quite a bit as well. So Tua has obviously you know been adjusting to that, and obviously adjusting to having somebody such as Tyreek Hill, a high-powered player like like he is, um, and. It's going to take time, and I think another season with Tua, I think you probably see a lot more benefit from having a player like Tyreek. Um, and Tua's going to get better, I think. I, I, you can't get any worse, really, with uh, with the fact that you've got somebody like Tyreek Hill playing there, and you've also got, you know, you've got the the, the running game there as well, which is helping him out, which is uh, uh, a chain, isn't it? Mm. Um, which you know, there's there's a couple of good players there that really kind of going to relieve, you know relieve that pressure, I think, a little bit more for Tua moving forward. Yeah, I think I one thing I will say, you know, I am definitely one of the non Tua stands in this world, but I, I will say I've not yet seen him play a game where or even a few games in a row where you've had the offensive line all healthy, Jeremy Wardle and Tyler Kill both healthy, the trio of HA Moster and um Jeff Wilson healthy. I've not yet seen all that with, you know, with David Howard and Drat Ramsey both on the field at the same time, with Phillips and Chubb. So 
I will say in its defense, there have been a lot of injuries. And I know every quarterback has an excuse, but I will say that in its defense that we've not yet seen the whole team together at once. And you know, it's that is a shame. But by all I, I asked this to Javan earlier this week, and I ask this to you as well, Brad. Have you seen a game in Tua's career in the NFL where we're down by seven points or six points in the final three quarters, and you've gone on and won the game? Now, the one I can think of is that Dallas Cowboys game, but that was a fifteen-yard penalty. But apart from that, have you seen him ever in a big game when the when the, when the chips are down actually win the game for this team? It's a good point, actually, because. Uh... You get talented quarterbacks in the NFL who seriously have the the talent, they have the ability, but don't have that clutch play in them or that that ability to actually close a game out or at least drive uh, you know the team down the field in the last dying seconds of the game. And that is something that Tua really does need to work on a lot more. You're right, the Dallas Cowboys one is probably the only one that's kind of speaks to mind, but. Um, you see it all the time. I mean, it's similar with the likes of Justin Herbert. Um, Justin Herbert is very highly talented player. Clutch situations, he's not really good at. And and you could probably say that about Josh Allen as well, um, or even you know uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, somebody somebody like that who you need a quarterback who's going to drive you not just through the season, but obviously through the playoffs as well. And this is the kind of moments that you need to to really kind of show up and show what he's worth in the playoffs to really close out these games and really kind of, you know, put the pressure on other teams. Um, clutch plays is something that I don't know what it is. You just, I, it, you don't seem to like teach it. And you see Patrick Mahomes doing it. You, you saw him a few years ago when he did it against the, uh, against the bills, you know, 13 seconds left. He managed to drive the team down the field, they kicked the field goal and took it into overtime. They eventually won that game. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of presence you want from a quarterback, and Tua needs to find that. Absolutely, I think we've seen many quarterbacks of him. Russell Wilson, I remember him having um, numerous times um, drives down the field late on to win the game. I remember one against, I think it was the Vikings in the COVID year. You know, you, look, you mentioned Mahomes there, thirteen seconds. Even Josh Allen, though, he makes these bad plays, but in the same game, he can just he can win you games by throwing for three or four himself. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson, we haven't seen it yet. Um, and there's some players like Eli Manning and Joe Flacco in that one season he had where they're not even that good in the regular season, but come to playoffs, give them that you know wild card weekend, stick on the on the on the grass on the field, and they just seem to turn up. So I think that I think I don't think you, I don't think you can teach. We talked about this earlier this week. I don't think you can teach clutches. You can teach arm strength. You can teach speed to an extent. You can teach mobility. You can teach acceleration, strength, etc. But you can't teach that uh, you can sort of maybe teach how to handle nerves or how to handle but you can't actually on the field throwing the ball being clutch you just can't teach I think some players do some players don't now I think I don't think that means we can't win the games because I think that you know if you've got the run game like we've mentioned or we've got someone like Hill and Waddle um, that can do and even, or even the defence and the Fanjo has at times kept us in games or won us games so I think you know the Ravens game last year where we were what, six touchdowns, five touchdowns behind if you won the game. I think that should be signed, and also the, the national championship game for Alabama, that you can do it, but I just haven't really seen it for me enough yet to suggest to me that, you know, um, he is like an elite callback. Now, I think that I wouldn't get rid of him unless someone's, unless Mahomes goes in the press conference, I want to go to Miami, or 
someone like Lamar Jackson or, you know, if, even Dak says it, you know, I, I think unless an elite quarterback comes, I, I think we're stuck with him for a while. Um, so I think he's got plenty of time to improve. I don't think he's at all fighting for his job. That, but at the same time, I, I do question whether, I, I said, it's, I think he is Kirk Cousins 2.0. I think counter quarterback, but has that almost yips or is it ips or yips in, in when it comes to when it matters. So I think that is one thing I will say, but, Someone who has been clutch and elite, eleven playoff wins in his career already is Patrick Mahomes. Um, of course, he is the reigning Super Bowl champion, reigning Super Bowl MVP, reigning um, MVP as well. Um, but it hasn't gone his way in recent weeks. It hasn't been the same Mahomes really all season. Now you can pin a lot of that on the drops, but there have been times where I think he threw back to back pick sixes um, against the Raiders on Christmas Day. Um, What's your taping on what I think people, many probably think now has probably been his worst, the worst season of his career where he started games? Yeah, it's been a very unusual um, Chiefs offence this year. It really has. I mean, um, it, it, it's not something we've been accustomed to, especially over the last, what, six, seven, eight, you know, seven, eight years even. And um, a lot of that talk was always about, oh, we should have, we should have kept Tyreek Hill. I mean, when you think about it, Mahomes won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill, so you know you can't really blame that. Um, I don't know what it's been. It's it's we have had drops. We have had quite a few drops this year. Um, MVS is obviously one of them. Kadarius Tony was 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 one of those as well. Who um, even from week one, it looked as though we were trying to scheme him open. Um, he was getting open, but every time the ball was going to him, he was dropping it. And it's been the same old thing week in week out the whole season where. This offense just doesn't seem to click. And it worried us for a while. It has been worrying us for quite some time. You know, um, the the Chiefs defense has been really digging us out of holes a lot. I mean, that defense at the minute, I mean, that's probably one of the best defenses I've ever seen as a Chiefs fan in God knows how many years I've been following them. And to to get excited about the defense when you've got a Patrick Mahomes, you've got Travis Kelsey, and you've got uh, Andy Reid calling the shots on the offense. It's it it it's it's almost like a role reversal. Suddenly we're we're relying on the defense rather than the offense to really dig out the hole. And it has been strange because we've seen Mahomes with a lot of frustration. Um obviously because of the drops, but even just getting players open, it just seems to be a bit of an issue. Um he's not really kind of trusted his own line. I think the tackles he's got at the moment, Juan Taylor, uh a bright tackle has his probably the most penalised player in the league. I think he is, actually. I think he had some like 17 or 18 uh, penalties this year. Uh, on the left side, he's had uh, he's had Smith. He's gone out and injured. And then we've had uh, we've had like Bonnie Morris, who's like a rookie, uh, playing at left tackle. So um, he's not really been confident with that O-line. And you can see it in the game. He's hesitant to throw the ball to the wide receivers. He's hesitant. He's, 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 he's almost like jittery a little bit in the pocket. And we're so used to Mahomes just doing some magic somehow, some way or somehow. And he's been trying to do that, but he's also been getting forced into, you know, into errors that either might be his, it might be his problem or it might be the wide receiver's problem. And it's just shown that frustration from Mahomes where I think it was about four weeks ago or three or four weeks ago where MVS was wide open Mahomes did the deep bomb to him and he just 
let it go through his fingers. And the frustration levels just seemed to just spill out right there, right on the on the sideline. You saw Mahomes really kind of, you know, doing the F bomb and everything like that on the sidelines, just really frustrated to the fact that he knows that this Chiefs team has high standards and some of the players or the, some of the players or some of the play calling hasn't been meeting those high standards. And some Chiefs, some Chiefs fans have been blaming Matt Nagy, who's obviously the new offensive coordinator now. Some people have been blaming the wide receivers. Some people have even been blaming Mahomes as well for being a bit too hesitant. But when you, you, I don't think you can really blame Mahomes in this because he's proven he can do it at a high level. And like you said, you know, 11 playoff wins. He's got two Super Bowls, been to three Super Bowls. He's got a couple of MVPs, a couple of Super Bowl MVPs. He's a highly decorated player and he's a veteran of the game now. It's crazy to think that, that he's been in the league, what, seven, eight times, or seven years or something like that now, seventh year. It's very strange to have this issue with a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. And it has been a worry. It probably still will be a worry through playoffs um, because it's something that you've got to factor in. You really have to factor it in that there, there, isn't, there hasn't been many bright spots in this offense, apart from Rishi Rice, as I have to there's not really been anything that's that, that that's kind of led this offense to really convince Chiefs fans that suddenly it's just going to click. Now, yeah, obviously the the big thing I think that I mentioned at the start, I think that you know it's, it's still the playoff thing. Mahomes is the only one of two active starting quarterbacks that have won a Super Bowl in the whole NFL. That alone the playoffs. I mean, you got Matt Stafford, you got Mahomes. Um, Oh, so Joe Flacco's now. If that makes it three, and obviously if Rodgers was healthy, he'd be the fourth. But there aren't many quarterbacks left that have actually won a Super Bowl. And Mahomes is all you on, I said before, only all you on eleven wins. Now, if he wins, if he wins just two games uh, in the, so he wins this game in the divisional round, he will go level with Roethlisberger and Brett Favre for a total career player for wins. And then if he wins that um, the next round as well, if he, if he, if he makes a Super Bowl this year. Um, then he will be joint third already in his career. So he'll be level with Bradshaw, level with Elway and Manning, and only two off Montana. And obviously Brady's mild head, 35 wins. I don't think he'll... Uh, he could be that, he may not, I don't know. But just to be like that in... What's, what's it now? Is it like six years? To already be potentially the, the joint third most... Basically third most clutch quarterback in NFL history um, just speaks volumes about how really... And the fact that he's had what five straight years with AFC Championship games, all of them at home, he's not yet had a playoff game on the road. It may well be this year's the first year, but to be eight, seven, eight years in, to be playing your first ever road playoff game that isn't a Super Bowl, and potentially chance to go third over third, joint third overall, the joint joint third highest um about playoff wins in career history, just speaks volume about how just how good it's been for him since he came into the league. Yeah, ice in his veins, basically. That's that seems to be uh, what we've seen from Mahomes. But like I said, you know, he has been frustrated. The the blood's boiled over a little bit a few a few times in these in the season. Um, so it's not affecting. I don't know. I mean, obviously the Chiefs have done all right in the last couple of weeks. I keep saying about this. I keep talking about this championship swagger. We suddenly had this championship swagger back in 2018, 2019, when obviously we won the Super Bowl, and we've tried to maintain that championship swagger kind of mantra um throughout the you know the, the the willing the winning culture at Kansas City and 
I think we lost that a little bit this year. I don't know what it was. It just seemed as though everything was flat. Even Kelsey looked a little bit flat on the sidelines. I don't know how you can be flat when you're dating Taylor Swift, but apparently that's, that's how he is. Um, but he, he does seem very different this year, does Travis Kelsey. Um, this is probably the, I think it's the only season now in the last seven uh, that he's not actually reached a thousand yards. He's been short. He's been 16 yards short of it. And he, Clearly said on his podcast that he he wasn't really chasing the stats. He's you know he's more about being ready for the team and everything like that. But I don't know, I don't know what it is about Travis. Uh, uh, it, he has seemed very um, just kind of just out there. Just seemed like spaced out quite a few times when you see him on the sidelines. And we're so used to Travis Kelsey amping everybody up. You know really kind of getting in the players' faces and getting them all psyched. And we've seen it loads and loads of times over the last few years where he's really kind of just been the the main cheerleader of the team. And he's not been like that. It's been very, very odd. Um, but the last couple of games, this championship swagger just seems to have suddenly started creeping in a little bit. We saw obviously Chris Jones getting his million-dollar sack. The whole team went absolutely wild when he got it. Uh, he reached his incentive and all the players just, just rushed around him and celebrated. You know, it's it's things like that that can really kind of spark a team into life a little bit more. Um, and yeah, like I said, the championship sweater, it could be coming and peaking at the right time. Do you think as well now, do you think as well now, I'm saying this with bated breath because you've got the players in, what, three, two days' time and I'm saying this only being five years younger than, than him. Um, is he... Is he maybe showing signs of decline? Because he is 34. He's not a spring chicken anymore. And that is in the NFL terms. is quite old. Now, he's still, obviously, all but still with 16 yards off 1,000 yards. And he's, you know, for me, he is the best tight end of all time. Do you think there is maybe signs of decline? Because he can't go on forever. And that, I don't think he's been that. I think he's only got five, six touchdowns all year. It, to me, you probably know more than me, having watched every week. But it just seems to me that he maybe is is on the way, on the way down, and maybe he's got what maybe one last, maybe last title run in him. We we've said this a few times. Um, it does look like Kelsey is, and he's in a happy place. He is in a happy place right now. He's you know he's obviously double Super Bowl champion. He's set records left, right, and centre. He's followed his heart and he's took a, took a shot at trying to take the most popular woman in the world. He finally did it. He's finally there. And he's, you know, he seems very happy. She seems very happy. And those kind of things kind of change players sometimes, I think, you know, especially when you're in this happy place. I mean, he's he's done what Saturday Night Live. He's he's done, you know, he's doing great success on his podcast, on the New Heights podcast. And everything's going right for him. And I suppose when you get to a point in your life and you think everything's going great, I'm I'm happy with where I am. Sometimes it might just creep into the mind thinking, do I really want to be playing football anymore? Or do I want to be following Taylor Swift around the world doing a tours and stuff like that? And maybe doing some, you know, some punditry work or maybe hosting a show somewhere or just concentrating on his podcasts or, you know, it, it can play tricks on you sometimes. It can really change your outlook and I think Kelsey we've probably seen the start of something now where Kelsey's thinking I've had a good career I've had a great career I've achieved what I've wanted to achieve is he going to go out on a high I think if the Chiefs do somehow win the Super Bowl this year 
it could be the right time for him and maybe Jason Kelsey to actually retire. Um, you know, um, it could be the last season for both of them. I don't know. Um, it would be good if the brothers retired together. I think. Yeah, I mean, they could both be inducted in the Hall of Fame at the same on the same day, which I think, I think they should definitely both try to retire the same year because they're both they're both first battle Hall of Famers, particularly Travis Kelsey. I think if they can retire in the same year and then be in the same Hall of Fame ceremony. That would be just, um, first of all, great podcast content, but also um, it would be a fantastic um, thing. And I think that, you know, I think every athlete wants to retire on their own terms. Every athlete, especially in the NFL or even most sports, you want to, you want your last game to be a trophy. You want your last game to be whether it's, you know, where's Morgan lifting the FA Cup, whether it's um, Peyton Manning winning Super Bowl and Sam Fran with the Broncos. And, and I think that I said that, you know, I was convinced that if the Eagles won it last year, we'd see... Brandon Graham retire, we see Fletcher Cox retire and Kelsey. And I think that, um, certainly I think Kelsey, if you've won, I really, I, I wish I could remember the name of that syndrome athletes get after winning the Olympics where you still think what's next. And maybe you could argue, maybe with Kelsey, it's a thing of, well, I've won two Super Bowls. I could win it. And if he wins a third one, especially, you could be thinking, right, what's that to do? You know, I've, you know, mm. I, I've done enough now of to prove myself to be the best of all time. I've won three rings. It's a fourth that much important to me and well, the whole Taylor Swift thing will will certainly add to that so I think you know whatever happens this season I think particularly if you win it which I think I still think you can make Super Bowl I, I also got you winning the winning the AFC in my predictions on our on that Super Bowl bracket you can do online mm. but um, yeah I, I wouldn't be shocked if he retires um, now this podcast is not all about Kelsey Mahomes there are other players involved um, now <laughs> I want to ask you about the run game because um, certainly in the Chiefs pass game is very good. I mean, they've got the fourth best pass defense in the league. It might be fifth. Uh, let me just check that. They are, yeah, they are the fourth. Amazingly, Carolina have got the third best pass defense, which surprised me. Um, so obviously they're going to be, you know, they proved it in the first half against the Dolphins in Germany that you, know, you can stop Hill, you can stop Waddle, everyone else, and Tua. And on the flip side, Mammy, you've got, you know, if he is healthy, you know, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, and I think Javon Holland as well. I think there'll be certainly um, people that are going to give a lot of trouble to the Chiefs passing game. But I think, you know, the run game for both teams, I think, is crucial. You got obviously you got Mostert, who is the leading rusher in terms of touchdowns this year. And, um, you know, you got Isaiah Pacheco, who I think what is going to cause us, I think, just as many problems as Mahomes. I think he might be the star of the game, I think. I think if they're, if they're going to win, he'll be the reason why I think he is that good. Or I think he's that talented. So I think for me, do you see potentially, like I do, the run game being potentially a factor with, you know, you look at um, even not just Mostert, but Devon A-Chain, who I think is actually, I think pound for pound, a better running back. I think Mostert's having mm. a better season. And then you've got likes of Jeff Olsen, who I think is maybe one of the best third choice running backs in the league. So yeah, I think and also and then if you factor the fact that not just um I say Pacheco, but also Mahomes' feet and the ability to use his legs. Um just how crucial do you think maybe the run game is gonna be um for one of these teams winning the game? I think it's gonna be crucial for both teams actually. Um I think with the weather and everything setting in that uh, it looks as though it's gonna be a snow game. Um I think the run game is gonna be essential to both teams. And both teams have got quite a balanced run game. Um Obviously, we've got Isaiah Pacheco, but even Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been putting in a shift um, when when Pacheco went down injured. Um, Edwards-Alaire has been, you know, a, a, a surprise to us really because he he has been um, he he has had issues in the last couple of seasons. Let's say um, you know he's not been 
he's not been the player that we were kind of promising ourselves that he was going to be, you know, uh, late first round pick. And we thought he was going to be the guy that was going to be the next, um, you know, the next running back, the next kind of Kareem Hunt uh, that's going to be the one that kind of pushes this run game over the line a little bit more. But um, we've been lucky to get Isaiah Pacheco. Great player. I mean, he's uh, he's had a few hundred yard seasons this this season as well. Um, just uh, he's an angry runner, and that's what we like about him. I think that's the the thing that Chiefs fans really kind of um, appreciate him for is whatever run he's doing, he really pounds the ground, and he's really making sure that he tries to grab every yard he can. He's not a finesse style of player like A Chain is, but he will get you the yardage, the it, it, and it's the gritty yardage that you kind of need from a, a player like uh, Pacheco. But we've got similar players in a way with Ceh and Pacheco. That's the only issue where you, where I suppose with Mostert and A Chain, A Chain's very much. Uh, he, he reminds me sometimes of the way he cuts, uh, like a almost like a Jamal Charles. Mm. He he seems to cut through the field pretty, you know. Turn, turns on a sixpence pretty pretty quick, you know. Um, he's one of those players where most it's very much good straight line speed. Um, but you at least you've got you know you've got that one two punch there. I don't think the Chiefs will do that. I think they'll stick with Pacheco for as long as possible. Yeah, you might get Ch coming in who's maybe going to be like a, almost like a power back. But the run game is going to be essential, I think, in this game. I don't think there's going to be much passing going on at all because of the weather. Yeah, I have to agree, and I think that. Um, you know, especially if Waddle is questionable, I think that we can't keep relying on Tyreek Hill. I think we're going to have to run the run game. And I think that one thing I found that is it, it was the same thing against Bills and um, early on against Ravens that we start off games great in the run game. You know, we we got the first touchdown in the in the, um, in the Ravens game because we were using the run game a lot, and then we suddenly came up with a pass. Cedric Wilson caught it touchdown in the Bills game for a lot of the games, especially the first half especially. We were doing exactly what we wanted to do. We were running the ball well, and it, it works. And every time we go behind, we switch to pass, 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 pass. And that's when we go further, further behind. So I think, in a way, the snow might help us because we it might force us to uh, run the ball a bit more. Um, obviously, I know the Chiefs probably going to stuff the line a bit more and maybe prepare for the run a bit more than they would if it was dry pitch. But, um, yeah, I think that hopefully that will help us because I think we're we're cutting that if we're if we're ahead of a game we're great you know it's, we're really comfortable when you go behind we all, I think we do sometimes force it a bit too much Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle so I think that if you if you get the win the toss we should definitely receive it first I'm always in favour of kick it away but in our in our scenario and the way our team's built I think we have to try and get the ball first because if we can establish a lead early in that snow um, then I think that you know we keep pounding the ground. And it is working. It is working against the Bills. I and mean, we we gave them a lot of problems in the run game. That's why I think Steelers could cause them an upset. I don't think they will, but I think that's why they could potentially do that. So for me, I think we have to go by that route and um, you know, occasionally go down there. You know, thankfully we've got players like Tyree Kilwater who can who can make a five yard pass and, and turn it almost into like a little bit of a run play, really. Um so I think that should absolutely be our game plan, screen passes, jet sweeps and all that and running. I think that should definitely be our game plan because um yeah, I think obviously the Chiefs have proved in, in the passing game and one-on-one coverage, they've been great. So for me, I think yeah, that's definitely how we're going to win the game. And I think for Kay Dekohu's sake, I think he should be glad it's known because he is a great nickel corner, so a nickel back, but I don't think he's a great in coverage. So I think for me, um, I think he um, will actually probably benefit from not having the ball passed 
to him too much. Um, but we are going to end the podcast there. But before we do go, quick predictions. So, Brad, to you first. Who's going to win the game and what's the score going to be? I originally went for a tight game. Um, I actually predicted it on the Arrowhead Pride podcast. And um, I said it was going to be Dolphins 21, Chiefs 24. It was going to be ended on a, a Butker, Harrison Butker uh, field goal. But um, I think it's going to be a, a difficult game for both teams. I think it's going to be um, one of those games where, that Tyreek Hill is obviously going to try and be up for. But it might just be the downfall of the Dolphins where they might be trying to force that touchdown for Tyreek Hill so he could throw up the deuces at Arrowhead, which is which he's almost promised in his preseason chat. So I've gone for a tight game, though. Um, I think it will be with the weather. I think it does favour us a little bit better because obviously we're used to the cold weather. It is at Arrowhead. Um, and, you know, I, I just think there's a lot of advantages for the Chiefs in this, but it will be very tight. See, I, I, I'm, I think it could be a, a bit more maybe one side than we thought. Now, I, I, be, I think I'd be saying the Chiefs are going to win the whole week, and I'm staying by that. But scoreline wise, now I've been thinking maybe it's going to be a thirty-one to seventeen kind of game. Is it going to be really? maybe a twenty-four to twenty-one, or is it going to be like a twenty to seventeen? And that's what I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for actually no, I'm going to go for with the injuries you've got on both sides of the ball. I'm going to go for a oh. You know, it's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with 31-17. I'm gonna stick with my first thought. 31-17 for the Chiefs. I think just the injuries are there. It's at our head as well. One of the I mean, I've been to all 30 stages now, by far the loudest by a country mile, uh our head. Um to have that. Um Amazing place, isn't it? Probably gonna be yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> as Germany proved, probably gonna be a lot of uh Chiefs fans over Dolphins fans. It's just gonna be too much. And as I said before, now I'm fully aware that Tua hasn't played a playoff game yet in his career. But I, I don't. We we beaten one team with a winning record all year, and that was down to a fifteen yard flag, um, and a team that is basically the carbon copy of us, who also can't be a good team. So um, yeah, I think for me, I'm going to go for the Chiefs win, and I'm going to go for yeah, for thirty one seventeen. Uh, but yeah, that is where we will end the podcast for today. Uh, the halfway point of our wild card round preview episode. We've done Texans Browns, we've done Bill Steelers, and now we've done Dolphins Chiefs. And do check the other two out if you haven't yet. If you are a fan of those teams or just a fan of the league, uh, do check it out. We've some good episodes there. Uh, and this one will be out after this one's already done. So that is where we'll end the podcast for today. I have been your host, as ever, Andy Davis. This has been Brad Simcox. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>